we're almost done. We're almost done with this class. Let's talk about the past 10 years, 10, 11 years. I have not found a picture, I forget where this was published, that, that encapsulates, you know, the picture that's worth a thousand words, the conflict uh, like this one here. The Israeli soldier and the Palestinian guy who's just trying to, to get along. By the way, if you ask them, if you, if you ask them, these guys don't like the fact that they have to keep the peace in East Jerusalem, and these guys don't like that they're there. And if these guys had their way, they wouldn't be doing this. But it, again, it's the, I, I say politicians, but it's politicians slash power brokers um, that are keeping this peace from taking place. It's not the people. These, these soldiers are kids. They're younger than I am. They're your age, right, on both sides. The guys fighting this war are your age, right? And they'd much rather be in school. They might not want to take my final, but they'd much rather, they'd much rather be in school. Uh, they'd much rather be getting married and going on dates and... Anyways, that's, that's the photo. Um, again, just to put this in perspective, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, right? Here's the Sinai Peninsula. By the way, after the Six-Day War, Egypt signed uh, peace with, uh, pardon me, Israel signed peace with Egypt in exchange for giving back the Sinai, which is a good way to do it, right? You fight a battle, you take something, you take the land, and you say, I'll give this back to you if you make peace. And so they said, sorry, we shouldn't have bombed you, and they said, here's your land back. So they've got peace with Egypt, okay? Then they made peace with Jordan in the 90s. So they got peace to the south and peace uh, here, and, uh, and they work cooperatively, believe it or not, against terrorists. Remember, uh, Mubarak, one of the reasons Mubarak, Hosni Mubarak in Egypt says, no, you need to leave me here in power is because I keep the Islamic militants, the Islamicists, you know, from, from doing bad things. Well, how he does that is he completely suppresses them and bans them and hunts them down, which you could argue is what the U.S. is doing as well. The Israelis are doing it, and the Jordanians don't like terrorists either, right? So they all kind of have peace with one another, Syria and Lebanon do not have peace with Israel. In 2000, I was up there. I was in the Golan Heights. I was digging at Banias. Um, and there was an announcement on CNN that um, the Israeli government was going to uh, make peace uh, with the leader of Syria, Bashar, right? Uh, uh, Al-Bashar. Bas Assad. Bashar is the son. Bashar is in control now, right? Al-Assad, right, but, it's, but the son is Bashar. All right, anyways. Uh, they, were gonna make, they were going to make peace with him, and, just we're, in, and we're like, what are we going to do tomorrow? I mean, are we going to be in Syria tomorrow? We were, we were like, was this going to happen? Because I was also there when Israel pulled out of southern Lebanon. Israel had occupied the southern 12 kilometers of, Libya, uh, of, of uh, Lebanon for a long period of time, and Ehud Barak, the prime minister of Israel, says, if you will let me prime minister of Israel, I will pull our soldiers out of foreign lands. I will pull them out of Lebanon. And they elected him, and he did it when I just happened to be up in Banias. I just happened to be up there. So we watched one night a uh, Coke in one hand and a cigar in the other. And we were watching the Israelis pull out of southern Lebanon and blowing up their own munitions dumps. Right? And so they're pulling out of southern Lebanon. They're blowing, because they don't have time to disassemble this stuff. They're just blowing it up so no one else can get it. And then, of course, Hezbollah's running around trying to shoot them as they leave, and it was just aircrafts and big explosions, and watch that. 
I really need to stop going over there, because every time I go over there, there's, um, anyway, I, I, I say that jokingly, but I'll tell you a story here in a second. Um, and then we were there thinking, oh, wait, they're going to give back the Golan Heights. And the next day, or a day later, um, the leader uh, died. He just died. And his son took over and said, we're not making peace with Israel. And that was it. So Israel, Israel the, the rumor was, was going to give the Golan Heights back to Syria in exchange for peace. And if you make peace with Syria, you would have made peace with Lebanon, and that would have been that. Peace on all sides. The Palestinians were the ones saying, don't make peace with Israel. Because the Palestinians understood that if Israel has peace on all borders, there's not as much motive uh, um, to, for them to make peace and concessions to the Palestinians. They've got peace with all the recognized states. Why make peace with the Palestinians? So the Palestinian contingency was actually encouraging Syria to not make peace with Israel uh, because they, thought they, they felt that if that happened, they wouldn't ever get a state of their own. And of course, he died. And the uh, son took over and didn't make peace. Okay, so well, we're talking about this little piece of land here. Just to put it in perspective, we had this question last week. Somebody asked, how big is it? This is the kind of area we're talking about. Okay? You recognize these things? California, right? This is Israel here and the West Bank here, Palestinian territories here. Um, so we've got California, Texas, New York, and anybody know this one? No, not Rhode Island. Vermont, good. Um, it's got the same land mass as Rhode Island because look how skinny it is here and how skinny it is here. So if you take square footage, it's the size of Rhode Island, the smallest state in the country. But lengthwise, it's about Vermont. Okay, but no maple syrup coming out of Israel. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a very tiny piece of land. Yeah. We don't know. The question is, when I say that the leader of Syria died, was it of natural causes? We assume. Syria keeps pretty tight lid on, on stuff. Yes, I would, I would, that's, the, that's the story, natural causes. Um, here's what it looks like today. Egypt here, this is Sinai. The Gaza Strip is this small area here. You notice that it's separated. from. You can't get from Gaza to uh, the West Bank. I've got to get a move on, I know. And then the Golan Heights up there. And it comes all the way down to the southern end of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, So it's basically, if you give back the Golan Heights, all of it, you have to give back essentially the eastern shore, with the exception of a little strip, the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And that's good farmland. That's good you know, defensive land. Let me take you through a couple of things here. I told you I was there uh, when Israel withdrew from uh, southern Lebanon. And that was a step in the right direction. Of course, all the hawks, the conservatives, uh, who didn't want to pull out of Lebanon, said, if you pull out of the southern 12 kilometers of Lebanon, then Hezbollah is just going to move 12 kilometers closer up to the actual border and shoot us there. And I said, no, no, we're, we're, we have it on good faith. And then six years later, Hezbollah started shooting rockets across the border. And one would argue because Israel was shooting rockets at them and back and forth. Um, we get the Intifada not long after this, right? Sharon goes up on the, on the Temple Mountain, walks around. And I would argue, and this is a paper, I know you already turned it in, but this is next time. Next time you take a class on Jerusalem or take a class on Middle East peace, September 11th changed everything. September 11th, I'm talking New York City, uh, the, the World Trade Center goes down, a bunch of terrorists killing civilians, Al Qaeda, 
right? And after that, what did the United States do? We took out not one, but basically two countries. We went in and wiped out the Taliban out of Afghanistan. Then we went into Iraq, and say what you want about that war, um, went in there and basically replaced that regime, and then went back to Afghanistan, and now we're trying to do nation building in, in Afghanistan. But the United States, the world's most dominant power on the earth, responds to a terrorist attack by basically wiping out two countries. And I say wiping out loosely. Basically, we, we replaced the governments of two countries, and we still have a military presence there. Now, you can argue whether we should be there or whether we shouldn't be there. That's up to you. What I'm saying is we responded by doing that. Okay? The Israelis then turned around and said, OK, well, if that's how the people who have the most control over us, and I don't care what you think, the United States has a significant amount of control over what goes on in Israel. All sides will agree with that. Okay? We, have, we send them a lot of foreign aid. Okay? Um, after this happened, the Israelis said, well, if we get bombed, we're going to do the same thing. Okay? So every time there was a terrorist attack, the Israelis would go in, find out who did that, find their family, find out where they live, and just raise the village. A lot of times they lived in refugee camps. It never looks good when you're taking bulldozers into refugee camps and bulldozing houses. Right? But that's what they did because we're fighting terrorism, which they were. But they now felt that they didn't have to just not respond. Remember during Gulf War I? We were told. We knew this was going to happen. The, uh, the US was going to invade Iraq, and Iraq was going to do what? Shoot rockets at Israel. And we begged Israel, don't fire back. That's what they want you to do. And Israel didn't fire back. Remember that? They didn't shoot back. And that by not shooting back, it didn't incite all the other Arab states to get on Iraq's side. Iraq was isolated and defeated. Okay. Now, the Israelis say, well, we're going to fight back if, if the United States is going to fight back. And that's what's been going on. And every time there's been a terrorist attack, the Israelis shoot back, and it, knowing that they're going to win that thing. Okay. Having enough of this fighting, Israel begins to build the West Bank barrier. Basically, they said, if, you, if you're not going to have a two-state solution with us, then we're going to unilaterally declare that you're your own state, and we're our own state, and we're going to do what states do and build a border. The problem is, is they didn't build that border on the, the officially recognized 1947 United Nations boundary. They built, based that border on the 2002 boundary, with all their new settlements that they built into the West Bank. So you can't say, here, come build this new, this new housing development. Come move in. And then after you move in, say, OK, by the way, we're going to give you over to Palestine. We're going to put the wall out here. So they would build the wall in around the new village. Okay? And that's what's going on. They built this, this barrier. It's a, it's, a ter it's, it's a border. And the Israelis argue, we need to do this to keep terrorists from coming across. The Palestinians argue what? If you're Palestinian, what do you argue about this thing? How am I going to get to work? I work in that village right there, a half mile away. How am I going to get to work? Am I going to go through the, am I going to every morning go through LAX security? Am I going to get up three hours early and get harassed? Right? They don't have these, these, uh, let's say this, uh, you know what racial profiling is? You're not supposed to do that, even though it takes, but over there, they don't worry about it. Right? They just, well, you look like you're one of them, so we'll, and they harass you. And remember, I, remember I told you I got harassed coming out of there one day because I'd been into the West Bank delivering things? I told you that, or did I not tell you that? I didn't tell you that, okay. 
remind me to tell you about that. I, was, I have a friend that lives in, in Hader in Bethlehem, and he asked me to take some shoes and socks to all of his friends, a Palestinian man that lives in Newbury Park. And I took some stuff over to them, and, uh, and they, they let me in. I took these shoes and socks and you know, had dinner with them. And on the way out of the country, the Israelis pulled me aside, took my passport, and made me strip down. And I knew why they were doing it, and they never said why they were doing it. And then right before my plane took off, they handed me back my passport and said, thank you. Never told me why they were strip searching me. And, but that was what you get when you break the rules by, I didn't go through the checkpoint. I, I went, I guess I shouldn't say that on the. <laughs> I, I, I changed cars and went over a thing where there were some rocks. And I, but anyways, I was, delivering, <laughs> I, was, I was delivering clothes and humanitarian aid to, to some friends of mine in Palestine and um, in, in Bethlehem in, on the West Bank side of the wall. And they didn't stop me. They didn't take it from me. They didn't punish me. They just held me at the gate for a couple of hours on the way out of... And literally, as the plane was taking off, they said, okay, you can go now. Just to give me a hard time. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it's like every day. That's for me when I go over there. That's what it's like every day. So these guys, the argument is, it's an apartheid fence, right? It's a, I don't like using that word because that's a very specific thing that went on in South Africa, but that's the thing. You can see here where the border used to be, and you can see how the Israelis are building this wall in and around these villages, right, down here. Look at this up here, right? They build it way into the West Bank so they can grab this village and then bring them way back out. And this is what the Palestinians are objecting to. It's a land grab. We want a border, too. We want our own state. We want, our, we want the border to be something we can both agree on. They don't like the way the Israelis are basically taking more land. That's the argument, at least, OK? Um, it looks like this. It's just a wall in between two villages, right? But this side happens to be Israel, and this side happens to be the West Bank, and so they put up a wall. You can see that there's holes in the wall, by the way, but that's where the wall goes. I'll show you this other picture. I know we're almost out of time, and I want to leave some time for you guys to ask questions, but this is the argument. You can get this off the notes. Um, the argument is that they're trying to building the wall inside the UN approved. But the Israelis say, look, we offered you this and you turned it down. You walked away. So in the last 60 years, we went ahead and built things and we're not going to give those up. So accept it now or we're going to keep going. And of course, that looks like they're, they're being unfair. You could argue they are being unfair and they won't want to settle this. The best picture I've seen of this is this here. This is Mary and Joseph trying to go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to visit baby Jesus and the walls in the way. I mean, again, the picture that's worth a thousand words. I'm not arguing either side. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation. Um, the PNA chairman, Yasser Arafat, dies in 2004. Now there's a power vacuum at the top of the Palestinian leadership. 2005, Israel decides, you know what? We're going to unilaterally, Ariel Sharon changes his mind, right? We're going to unilaterally disengage. Okay? And um, they pull out of the Gaza Strip. There were Israeli settlements in the Gaza Strip. They said, we'll never leave. We're Zionists. This is, our, this is Israel. The Israeli government went in, got their own people, built them a new town on this side of the, on, on the Israel side of the border, and physically relocated them there and said, we are now out of Gaza. Right? But it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't solve it. I mean, it's, it's just like, now get out of Palestine, right? Pardon me, now get out of the West Bank. So it wasn't enough. It wasn't, they hadn't done enough yet. They're taking their sweet time to do it. 
it gets so bad in the Gaza Strip that they decide to have democratic elections and this former military group, Hamas, wins the elections. Now they've got a rule in the government. And I'll just fast forward a little bit. They don't know how to rule, right? So they just keep picking fights with the Israelis. Keep in mind that the, the Arafat's former group, right, Fatah, there's Fatah, which was Arafat's group, and Hamas, which is this terrorist organization, this militant group, that just won an election. And the reason they won was after uh, Arafat died, um, they found out he was so corrupt and he'd been bezeling all this money that they said, let's vote them all out. So we'll take the next best thing, Hamas. Well, as soon as the Palestinian people vote for Hamas, all of these nations, you know, including the United States, say, we're not, we're not going to recognize this government as a legit government because you're a bunch of terrorists. So we cut off all foreign aid, as did all of the other US, mean by we, as did all these other nations. And now Hamas has no money. They've got no economy. And the Israelis put them under a blockade. Put the entire state under uh, a blockade. Nothing in, nothing out. Okay, You guys wanted us out of there. Now we're out of there. Which human rights groups will argue, well, that doesn't help because they can't. What are they going to grow? There's too many people and too small of a space, no economy, and everything's been destroyed. So what do you do if you're a terrorist group and you can't govern? You lob rockets over the border into Israel. What does Israel do every time you do that? Operation Cast Lead, which is uh, here. In 2007, Israel starts shooting back into Gaza and says, you're not going to shoot rockets at us anymore. Right? Now, the word on the street is that Fatah, who had fought a civil war just prior, right? Hamas wins the election over Fatah. Right? So Hamas is in control, but the uh, Palestinian Authority doesn't recognize them. So they name their own president and their own prime minister, and the Hamas has their own government. And then they fight a civil war. And the result of the civil war is Hamas takes over the Gaza Strip, this little itty-bitty strip on the, on the border. And Fatah essentially bails out of there and takes over the West Bank. Okay. And so now you've got this place here that can't rule, they can't govern, all they can do, all they know how to do is fight. And they're trying to, and a bunch of people on the inside kind of held hostage, right? So you get in 2010, um, this flotilla that came out of Syria, out of Turkey, that was gonna bring humanitarian aid in direct defiance of the Israeli blockade, the naval blockade. Uh, and they said, you, we don't let anything in or out. Um, and then this flotilla comes in. There's been all kinds of these boats trying to break this naval blockade. The Israelis board the ship. They, they, they film it. They do protests. And they say, see, you're, you're disrupting us trying to bring humanitarian aid to starving people in Gaza, except for one ship. right? Uh, there was one ship that actually had people with, some would argue, you know, obviously knives and bombs and guns. And when the Israelis boarded the ship, they started fighting back. And of course, the Israelis don't like that, so they fought back even more, killed some people, and you've got the IHH Gaza flotilla incident uh, in 2010, which resulted in the deaths of, of nine folks on that flotilla. Which brings me back to what I said earlier. If you're going to do a nonviolent peace protest, it had better be nonviolent. Because as soon as you take up arms against the people you're trying to protest against, they feel like they have the right to shoot back. This wasn't good for, for the Israelis, by the way. It looked really, really bad killing people on a humanitarian effort. But they fought against them when they were boarded, and they took action. Yeah? 
yeah, did I, was it 2009? Did I put that? I got confused here. That nine goes over here, 2009. Yes, yes, this should be 2009. Sorry. That's 2007-2009. I rushed a little bit there at the end, um, but we are, we are officially out of time. Don't leave yet. Uh, does anybody have any questions? There, remember, you can always go back and grab the notes and read these things. Don't leave yet, please.